everyone, you're listening to the Artist Chronicles podcast from the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM. I'm your host, Antoinette Ellis, also known as Tony, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 2. Each week, we will highlight an artist. It could be a visual artist, a dancer, an actor or actress, or a singer. But we aren't going to tell you their name. Throughout the podcast, it's your job to listen and try to figure out who we're talking about. Let's get started. The story begins on a cold winter's day in February 1932. A jazz musician and his wife had just welcomed their first child, a little boy just outside of New York City. Because of his father's career with CBS Radio, the little boy was exposed to music from a very early age, and before long, it was quite apparent that he had inherited his father's musical talent. So his parents decided to sign him up for piano lessons. The little boy also learned how to play the clarinet, trumpet, and trombone, but above all, he loved playing the piano. When the boy was a teenager, His father took a job with the Columbia Studio Orchestra in Los Angeles and the family moved west. The boy found comfort in music, especially in playing the piano, so much so that he preferred to sleep by it because he never wanted to be away from it. Most of the time, his parents didn't mind too much, but his mother remembers sending her youngest son to tell her musical son that it was time for the family to sit down and have dinner. Every time, the teenager would say he'd be there in a minute. And every time, his younger brother would have to go back and urge him to stop playing the piano because the food was getting cold. During the day, the boy attended North Hollywood High School and became friends with the sons of some famous Hollywood musicians. Together, they formed a jazz quintet that was so good they quickly went from playing at sorority dances to actual nightclubs. Pretty soon, the young man was playing solo at one of the most famous Hollywood clubs, the Coconut Grove. He graduated from North Hollywood High in 1950, immediately enrolling at the University of California, Los Angeles, and was able to study musical composition with famed composers Mario Castelnuevo de Desco and Robert Van Epps before he was drafted into the Air Force in 1951. Over the next three years, he not only played piano and brass in the U.S. Air Force Band, but he also arranged music for the band as part of his assignments. In 1954, he was stationed in Newfoundland, Canada, and was asked to compose a score for a short film called You Are Welcome. And with that, he knew for sure what he wanted to do. After he was discharged from the service, he studied at Juilliard in hopes of becoming a concert pianist. His teacher was Ukrainian pedagogue named Rosina Levine. He recalls hearing some of her other students, like John Browning and Van Clyburn, playing the piano and thought to himself, if that's the competition, I think I'd better be a composer. 
He eventually returned to Hollywood and began to record jazz albums. He dedicated so much of his time to it. His brothers would joke that no matter what time it was, their big brother could be found sitting at the piano working on a new piece of music. However, the young man did save some time for other favorite pastimes, girls. And in 1956, he met and fell in love with a young woman named Barbara. Together, they started a family and could not have been happier. Things were going really well for this talented musician. His dedication to music paid off. He began to gain notoriety in Hollywood and quickly became the premier pianist for major motion pictures in the early 1960s. Directors and producers saw how versatile he was in composing not only jazz, but symphonic music as well. Before long, he was composing full film scores, and in 1967, he was nominated for his first Academy Award for the movie Valley of the Dolls. Only two years later, he received another nomination for his work in Goodbye, Mr. Chips. He didn't win either of those times, but did finally win the Oscar for his score adaptation for 1971's Fiddler on the Roof. In 1974, he teamed up with a relative newcomer director on a movie about a great white shark. Despite many setbacks and production almost being shut down, the movie was released in 1975 and was critically acclaimed, winning three Oscars, including Best Dramatic Score, a score whose main theme consisted of only two notes. A few years later, this gifted composer was teamed up with another young director to score a new movie set in space. He drew inspiration from such composers as Gustav Holst, Richard Strauss, and Antonin Dvorak to create one of the most widely recognized themes in the history of film. His success didn't stop there. Over the next 50-plus years, this amazing man has racked up numerous awards and accolades, including, but definitely not limited to, 52 Oscar nominations, winning five, 25 Golden Globe nominations, winning four, and an astounding 72 Grammy nominations with a whopping 25 wins. He is the second most nominated person in Oscar history behind only Walt Disney, who had 59 nominations. Have you guessed who this mystery musician is yet? It's John Williams. During his distinguished career, which is still going, Mr. Williams has created some of the most well-known music in film history for cinematic masterpieces such as Jaws, The Star Wars Saga, The Indiana Jones Movies, Jurassic Park, Home Alone, Harry Potter, and so many more. He has left an indelible mark on the film and music industries. Just think about it. Can you imagine any of those movies with different music? This has been a production by the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM. Teachers, for additional lessons and downloads that correspond to this podcast, please check out more information at artsintegration.com forward slash accelerator.